What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Matt James is a businessman, a former football player, and a Bitcoiner. Matt is best known for being The Bachelor in season 25. In this conversation, we discuss The Bachelor, Matt's relationship with Rachel, watching the show like sports, how Matt got into Bitcoin, and why Matt has a unique opportunity to teach new people about Bitcoin. I really enjoyed this conversation with Matt, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up are my friends over at Public Rec. Public Rec is on a mission to make comfort look good. That's right. Their fan favorite Flex Short is the ultimate crossover short you'll need all summer long. Public Rec just simply makes the most comfortable clothes I've ever worn. That's why I'm talking about them right now. From the beach to the gym, this quick drying short has you covered. I'm talking about super comfortable shorts. Comfort starts with a better fit. You can get free shipping and free returns if you visit publicrec.com pomp and use pomp at checkout for 10% off. Again, Public Rec has these brand new flex shorts, the ultimate crossover short that you'll need all summer long. Super comfortable. I wear them and you'll enjoy them too. Publicrec.com slash pomp and use code pomp at checkout for 10% off. Next up is my friends over at Kraken. Kraken is one of the largest and oldest Bitcoin exchanges in the world. Kraken is consistently named one of the best places to buy and sell crypto online. Thanks to their excellent service, low fees, versatile funding options, and rigorous security standards. But that is only part of the story. Kraken has been on the forefront of the blockchain revolution since 2011. I've had the founder, Jesse, on the podcast before, and when I say that they're OGs, I mean it. They are OGs. They're one of the largest and oldest Bitcoin exchanges in the world for a reason. Go check them out at kraken.com. K-R-A-K-E-N.com. Kraken.com. Next up is Unstoppable Domains. Unstoppable Domains has teamed up with OKX to make crypto simpler by supporting .crypto domains on their exchange. Unstoppable Domains allows you to receive over 70 cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink, with a single blockchain domain name. This makes it so much easier for millions of users to send and receive crypto using their name, like pomp.crypto. It's the stress-free experience needed for mainstream adoption of crypto. Plus, .crypto domains are NFTs that are stored in your wallet, so you permanently own them and can transfer to other wallets as needed. Go to unstoppabledomains.com and get your name .crypto to make your crypto life easier. Again, go to unstoppabledomains.com slash r slash pomp if you want me to get credit. Slash r slash pomp. Go do it. Go check it out or click on the link in the description. Last but not least are my friends over at Masterworks. As you may have noticed, the art market is booming right now. Deloitte reports that the overall art market is expected to explode over $900 billion by 2026. But despite this boom, few people know about an untouchable asset class that the super rich are pouring their money into. I recently found a little known but incredibly smart way for everyday investors to diversify and find art without breaking the bank. That's why I can't recommend enough signing up for Masterworks.io, the premier membership for investing in contemporary art. 
Over the last 25 years, data shows that the contemporary art has consistently outperformed the S&P 500 by nearly twofold. That's a huge difference, even in a record bull market. With results like that, it's no surprise that over two-thirds of billionaires allocate more than 20% of their overall portfolio to art. Thanks to Masterworks.io, you can invest in multi-million dollar works by artists like Picasso and Banksy. There's a reason why 86% of wealth managers recommend investing in art. POMP podcast listeners can skip the 25,000 person waitlist with code POMP at masterworks.io today. Go check them out at masterworks.io and use code POMP to skip the waitlist. You can also see important information at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. All right, let's get into this episode with Matt James. I hope you enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got Matt here. What's up, man? What's good, Ant? Not much. Uh, you're The Bachelor. Uh, I don't think that you grew up wanting to be The Bachelor. How the hell does that happen? Bro, it's just you kind of <laughs> fall into it. Like my, uh... You're supposed to say you were looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a given. You know, It's like I, I'd never given myself a chance to, to explore what a relationship looked like. So when the opportunity uh, presented itself, it, it was something that I entertained initially. And then uh, my roommate's mom, Tyler, uh, Tyler's mom really pushed me. She's like, you know, um, I saw how much uh, this pushed Tyler in the direction that he needed to go and become a man. And uh, he was already on the show. He had been on The Bachelorette as a contestant, so right. he was pursuing the. But woman. he didn't win. He was. He didn't win. No, All right. Did sick. you? When he comes back, are you like you're a loser? You lost, or <laughs> <laughs> or is it just like a not like you know everyone except for one loses? You know what's funny about that? He wouldn't tell me what happened, and that's my homie. Like, that's my guy. I'm like, yo. So like, what happened? Like, are you engaged? He's like. I'm like, he was acting weird. You know what I mean? Really? Just because I was expecting him to come back and be like, tell you everything. Yeah, but yeah. like, it really did change him for the better. And so I was like, I took that into consideration when I was thinking about doing it myself. How much did that play into you getting selected? You think like that your roommate had been on the show versus uh, it wouldn't have mattered? I, you know, I think it helped a lot because it gave me visibility uh, into that like fan base. You know for. what I mean? And what they were looking for. And, um, I don't think that I would have been in that spotlight without that friendship and relationship with Tyler because I think the peak of that was during quarantine. You know, after I had gone out to California to film The Bachelorette, like I was initially supposed to be a contestant. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, so I was supposed to be a contestant and COVID happened and I'm in my hotel, I don't have a phone, I don't have anything and it's like- Wait, it's, they, don't, you don't, they don't give you any you electronics? Don't have anything, bro. You're, I'm just watching TV, it's like, NCAA tournament canceled, like uh, FIFA canceled. I'm like, yo, if all this stuff's canceled, how are we about to film? A and then like literally clockwork, someone walks in like, hey, we're gonna postpone for two weeks. So um, we're gonna get you a flight back to New York. I call Tyler, he's like, yo, don't come to New York. Like, <laughs> shit's hitting the fan, like come down to, to Jupiter. Yep. So I'm like, done. I came from Jupiter because his mom had passed away and I was down there for the funeral. So I stayed another week and then flew out to California. So I just came right back to Jupiter and um, Hannah, who was on, who was the bachelorette that he was pursuing um, during his season, was in Florida as well for the funeral. So she came back down, and we were all kind of quarantining together. And then 
that snowballed into this opportunity where um, I was presented the opportunity to be the bachelor. When you get that phone call or email, do you like jump up and down? You're like, let's fucking go. Or is it like a damn, am I really going to do it? Like, do you like, are you worried about saying yes? Or um, is it like a, a celebratory thing? You know, what's funny. So like at that time at the, in the house that I was quarantining in, like <clears throat> it was the peak of prank wars. Like there's <laughs> like, we, like we were at each other's necks. There's 10 people living in like a two bedroom house. And so, I, I thought it was a joke. Like I thought someone was messing with me because it's a it's an area code I've never seen. Yep. It's someone I had never spoken to. So I get this call. And I'm just like, who paid this person? To call? <laughs> you know, I'm just like on edge. And then they called back the next day, and I was like, oh shit, this is real. And um, I was honored, you know, because I know the type of um, the type of research and the type of um, the, I just know how difficult it is to to be in that pool of, of people that they're considering and what an honor it would be to be the first black person to do that. So, um, yeah, it was surreal. It was surreal. All right. So you get there, uh, you meet all these girls, what's going through your head like that? Like to me, it's just like, there's this element of, uh, uh wow, all these girls are here for me. Right. So like, there's right. probably like a, I'm the man, right. right. At the same time, you're like, Oh, but it's gonna be on national television. Right. Like, <laughs> that throws a wrench in things. Like I'm gonna have to be careful as to like what I say, do whatever, because everything's filmed, right? right? Uh, and then you like get into it, and is it literally as emotional? And for for those that are listening, uh, I've never watched this show before, but I saw Matt beforehand. Um, my wife is a uh, a 20 year veteran, I think, of the show, <laughs> and uh, so I started watching uh, because we've got some friends that uh, they're mutual friends, and it's like sports, man. Like literally, like you could cheer on one girl over another girl or whatever, right? And you're like, you you get into it. And so like, is that the same thing for you on the other side of it? You know, it's different for me, you know, because these are real relationships I'm dealing with. Are they real? Come on. Are they really they're real? They're real for me. Right, and right, and right. I think that's why, uh, that's why it worked for me. Because right. when, like to your point, there's people who have bachelor pools and they're doing all this stuff. Like, oh, we wonder. And, and that's fun and it gets people engaged. But for it to work and for it to be real and uh, for those connections to be valid, you've got to be vulnerable. And that's not something that I was ever comfortable with being or doing mm -hmm. just because like I was conditioned as a man just to keep all that stuff inside mm -hmm. and not share like our friend, my friend group didn't talk about stuff like that. And so when I'm like forced to address these things that I've never talked about or um, come to terms with, with these women, you just form this connection and bond over sharing things with people you've never shared before and also being disconnected from work, email, phone, like you don't have any electronics. Like it's just you and these women out there trying to figure out if you're compatible with one another. So it's weird if like a friend called me up and he started saying all kinds of emotional stuff, you'd almost be like, you good? Right? Like, <laughs> well, now, like, now I'm like, yo, I welcome those conversations. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's funny after the experience, like uh, you find yourself just like, trying to have these like deep conversations. So it's like, if you, a, a common question you get is, so how are you feeling, Pomp? Like, I feel good. Like, if you ask me how I'm feeling, man, let me tell you, like, it's been a tough day. Like I've had this going on and I think- You're more honest. Yeah, you just you just dive deeper and you look to have those type of connections and conversations. So after the show, I'm, I'm like having these conversations with people and they're just like, yo, like, are you good? <laughs> I'm just like, no, I just wanna know. Like it's, cause it feels good to get those things off your chest and share. Yeah, so. uh, the host, what's his name? Chris. Chris, all right. What's he like behind the scenes? He was great, you know? I uh, I spent a lot of time with Chris because um, during the days that we weren't filming, we would uh, we'd catch up, catch up on how I'm feeling. Um, there was times where he had his family there and a lot of the producers would have their family there and it just made it real because, mm. you know, there's the work and then like when the cameras are off, it's like, 
oh, this guy's a dad. Like, oh, this guy. Like, what's he doing though? Is he like smoking a cigar, drinking a drink, he's and like prepping, chilling man. with his kids? He's or doing prep work. Yeah, his, his his kids are in high school, so he's doing helping them out at the house, and then he's <laughs> he's an avid golfer, so he's playing a lot of golf. Um, oh, but, so he's on vacation basically. Well, you know, it, it might seem like that to somebody, <laughs> but like to him, he's working because when he comes yeah. on set, he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. And how many people? You said there's like a couple hundred people there as part of this production. Pump. There was so many people there like producers lighting yeah. sound um uh you have the the staff of nimicon you've got it, it, it's such a it's such a, a big vehicle and you don't really have i didn't have any concept of that until i got there and i'm just like wow yeah um, i i had no idea there was so much that went into making this work for everybody so when i'm watching the show uh, a couple times you pulled up in nice cars you had nice clothes and i was like damn this guy's <laughs> killing life i was like what do they bring you in a garage and they're like Yo, what car you want to drive up in this scene you or like how's funny? that work it's funny about that so the g-wagon was actually maggie's and maggie uh owns who's maggie maggie's the ceo of 84 lumber okay and she also owns Nimico on the resort. Got it. And so Miss Hardy, Maggie Hardy, she would uh she let me use her car for some of the stuff. You uh, know what I mean? Nice. And um and they own all those cars on property. They have a uh I would say a car museum on property that has okay. like Rolls, Bentley, Porsche. Yep. Uh, so I was driving the Porsche. I didn't know how to drive stick, so I had to learn how to drive stick before I got there. So I'm in Jupiter like a week before filming, <laughs> like in my buddy James McGrath's Jeep, like stalling out in the middle of the street, like I'm like, yo, I'm screwed. Like, I'm not gonna get it working. Fast forward to the first night, I had to drive maybe a hundred yards. That's it. Like, all right, Matt, like, just pull up, bro. I couldn't get the like, I couldn't. How many takes did it take? It took like ten minutes. They're like, they're like, they're like, forget it. We're gonna push him up. They were gonna push me. They had production people behind the car ready to push me into the frame and then run out, and I was gonna act like I was driving. I'm like, there's no way we're doing that. Like, I'm gonna get this thing going. Then like last try, like I finally got it in gear, and I'm like speeding in. But uh, yeah, now I learned how to drive stick in it. So. All right, and then close those. Uh, they got like a whole like wardrobe and like a Bro. whole team that's like there to make you you know look fashionable or what? They got a whole they got a whole team, and um, that's what I need. Yeah, I need it too. <laughs> like obviously, I uh, I'm not the most fashion forward person, and I'm I'm all about comfortability. So like, uh, if they weren't having me get into these clothes, then I'd be wearing sweats, and I don't think that that's. Yeah. the proper attire. Well, it, it may have made the show even more entertaining, right? They're like, oh, this guy refuses to wear the tux. <laughs> he refuses to wear, he's just, he's just wearing sweatsuit. sweatsuit. Well, rose ceremony, like a velour jumpsuit. Like that would be my vibe. <laughs> it's like something super comfy. How scripted is it? Uh, I wouldn't say it's scripted at all. I think that, um, I think that people would be surprised at how, um, how interesting and how wild reality is opposed to making up or trying to compile things that uh they people think would be a good show so like as things play out in real time that's crazier than anyone could imagine doing and like scripting so uh there wasn't a lot that had to be added into the mix for it to be uh drama and things that were taking place and there's a lot of drama uh i didn't realize how much drama goes into this stuff uh how much of like the actual show that gets aired is that like on a percentage basis is that like five percent of everything that happened is that 80% of the stuff that happens? Like just how, I guess, compressed do they actually have to make the experience so they can fit it in TV? Well, it's a great question, Pomp. It's like, you're out there filming for like almost two and a half months. So it's like, oh yeah. Every if you asked every single woman who was out there, they're gonna wish that they had, the, oh, they should have put this in and they're gonna ask me. Like, there's like, 
good luck to whoever's job that is to make mm -hmm. a cohesive story include everything that everyone wants in there because you have hours, days, weeks of footage to go through. So I think they do a, a really good job of just making it work with all the footage they have and trying to tell that story that is going to resonate with people. How far into the two and a half months were you like, yo, I know who it is? Like, <laughs> like I know who the winner is going to be. <laughs> Oh man. Um, and don't say two and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. Like you have, you have your eye on a few, like that first night where you're just like, it's like you had this connection and you're like, I need to make sure that this feeling is real. And it's, it's validated over the course of one-on-one -on -one dates and these group dates that you're having. So like, I would say that I would say I knew, I had an idea pretty early. early. Yeah, early? I had an idea pretty right. early. But uh, then it's hard because they have you add people to the mix. You know, I was gonna say, people. then it feels like they just like they're throwing uh, kind of curveballs at you throughout the entire show, right? They had a bunch of other girls show up. Then they had somebody who just came in, I think, for like a night. <laughs> and like as this is all happening, are you finding out like at the same time that everyone else on the show is finding out? Yeah, it's it's they're not like yo Matt tomorrow like curveball. No idea. And, and I think that's what makes it exciting for everybody. And that's what, where you get the realest raw reaction out of myself, you know? Because if I knew that someone was coming, then I could be like, whoa! Like, you know, it's, it's like, I didn't want any of that. And uh, I, I don't think they wanted that from me either. So uh, whenever people would pull up, like... Uh, Did you know the girls that were going to be on the show before you actually started filming? I had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah, no, because uh, by the time I got into the property, like my phone was gone, my laptop, I didn't have any connection to the outside world. So when that information's being released- They just take it from you? They're just like, now you can't have this? Pretty much. They're like, it's funny cause like you think that they forget. It's like, all right, we're gonna get your phone in a few weeks. It's like, whatever, like they're not gonna come for it. And then it's, like, it's clockwork, all right, like give it up. And then really? they just, yeah, they just take everything. But I mean, I say that and I think it's good because if, if you had, aligned to the outside world, then it wouldn't be the same experience. Yeah, Do, are you able to talk to like friends or family or anything? Like, like uh, it sounds crazy, but like in jail, yeah, you don't have a phone, but like right. there is a phone that There's you can go use, right. right? And maybe you only can use it for 20 minutes a day, but like you can communicate with people outside. Is there some equivalent of that here? You know what's funny? So you're like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they made me pay to use it. <laughs> bro, you, after a while, it's 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 honestly liberating not having your phone yeah, because yeah. We're, we're we're tied to it. So like, outside of like wondering how like my family and friends are doing, um, unless there's like some major event or accident, and I didn't really want to be on my phone or be communicating with anybody because I liked how like. I think in normal life, every five or ten, maybe even every two or three minutes, we're checking our phone. Mm -hmm. if, like, if you were to get you, in the you pool, ever looked at how many times uh, there's a thing on an iPhone, how many times you pick it up or the screen lights up? No, there's somewhere uh, to look at that. Yeah, it's bad. I, oh I looked once. Gosh. I actually, I'm gonna say this, and people are gonna freak. I think like one time I looked, it was like 700 times a day. You're lying. I swear. And I mean, because it's like notifications, right? So then I start right. shutting notifications off, right, like whatever. Right, right. But like, if you just sit there for an hour, right? And you think of how many times you pick up your right. phone, it's like four or five times more than you think you really did. A lot. Right? Yeah. So, you're like, oh, I pick up my phone once an hour. Exactly. Like, no, you don't. But that's how it was when I got back. So like when I got my phone back, I wasn't used to like having to text people and call. So I was just, and then you kind of get worked back into just checking it constantly, which I don't like, but you know. What uh, do you check when you wake up? Like what's uh, the first app or That's website? a great question. The first thing I check is Twitter. Matt, this is a theme here. I only ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the first thing I check is Twitter because that's where I go for my news. Okay. So I'll check, I'll see what's trending. 
And then I'll see uh, there's a bunch of hashtags that I follow, uh, some stuff in crypto, some stuff in sports, and then politically. Uh, and then I'm, I'm caught up. So I check everything to make sure that I'm not like, because there was a time where I was traveling once and I was off the grid for like four hours and I put out a tweet and it wasn't insensitive, but it was based off of what where the country was at at that time. People were like, yo, do you live in a, in a, in a hole? And I was like, oh, because oh, you, you didn't write something. I didn't know what was going on. Was going on. Yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea. Where it's like we read at. the room. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so. not what you said. It was just more of like, hey, uh, it's kind of like a brand, right? They got a scheduled tweet. All of a sudden something bad happens. And then exactly. they're like, hey, go buy peanuts. Oh, Mr. Bro, Peanut. it was, that was, it, you couldn't be more spot on. That's how it was. And, I, and so now I'm in a habit of like, OK, before I do anything, like, let me see where we're at. Like, oh, okay, like, I'm going to stay off social media. Is that crazy, though, that that's the world we live in where, like, literally we wake up in the morning and we're like, all right, w- where are we in the spectrum of, you know, today, right? Are we in, like, where everyone's outraged about something, there's some, like, catastrophic event that happened, or, like, no, we're good, okay, fine, I can go live my life. Right, I think that, I think it ebbs and flows. Like, I think that it's a cycle that we're in, and it's something that we talked about uh, before we got on is, is there's going to be a point where the people canceling everybody are the ones that are getting canceled. And I think until that happens, like we're going to be in this space where everyone's kind of walking on eggshells. And in some instances, rightfully so, because there's things that people have been getting passes on for far too long. But then there's other instances where it's like, okay, um, we need to give people a space to have conversations and not be critical about them. And um, I think that we're going to find that balance as we continue to ebb and flow. Is it unfair that like social media stuff almost requires or, or like is demanding everyone to be perfect? Like, is it better off we just say, hey, look, humans aren't perfect. Like everyone has mistakes. They say stupid shit. We're all actually pretty dumb compared to like, right. you know, like computers or whatever. Right. And so like, let's just admit that we're all flawed and then like, let's work to get better together rather than say like, no, the expectation or default is perfection. And if you're not there, then like you literally get canceled. I mean, I think that what I try to do is remind the people who, who follow me and the people that I interact with is that I am all those things. I'm not a perfect person. I'm continually going to, I'm continually going to make mistakes. And if they're, if they're coming to me for X, Y, Z, just to give that disclaimer that, you know, like, um, as much as I try to be the model citizen, like there's things that I will do and say that constantly make me fall short. So like mm-hmm. just have grace on me and I'm going to have grace on y'all. Uh, but but, know, but that, it, it, the expectation study is so important, right? It's like if you go into it knowing like, hey, man, you're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. And then you make the mistake. Like, well, yeah, I told you I was going to make mistakes. Right, 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 like, right. Rather than I think a lot of people, especially as they get bigger audiences, like I'm perfect. Right. Right. Like, oh, I got the perfect Instagram photo. Every tweet has been passed through seven PR filters. Right, like, right, right. Then you're like, wait a minute. Like you cheat on your wife. Like, <sighs> Yeah. That's hey, you were, you were supposed to be up here, right? Yeah. And you start to like, I mean, look, we just talked about Bill Gates is probably the best example. Like there was this whole, you know, hey, I'm a, ph- a philanthropic, you know, person. I yeah. got this, whatever. And then you find out and you're like, well, hold on a second. Those are actually in many cases, uh, they're not great. Yeah. But that story is as old as time yeah. in terms of people, you know, just doing dumb stuff. Yeah. But it's almost like the the bigger they are, the more we put them on a pedestal, the harder they can fall. Right? I think you bring up an interesting point, Pop, and that's that. The more authentic and organic you are on your social platforms, the more, not maybe not grace, but the more open to those things type of happening. Understanding, understanding, exactly. Because if you're, if you're, if you're posting imperfect pictures of yourself, like, oh, yo, this guy is just as ugly as I am. Or it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy has like nose hairs. Like it's just like things that you wouldn't think that someone in the limelight would want to post about themselves. Like the more relatable you are, the more people are going to have. An understanding of where you're coming from opposed to being this like angel 
And then like that fall is going to be hard because it's like, I knew they weren't perfect. It's like, yeah. yeah. What's well, also, I think there's a, there's this element of like the more people preach about like ethics and um, honesty and integrity and like all these things that like everyone covets and we think are really important skills or um, kind of values. Right. If somebody's out there every day, just pounding the table, I've learned over time, like they're doing some sketchy shit. Right, right, right. right exactly. I don't know when the shoe drops. I don't exactly. know if it's in six months or literally 10 years, <laughs> but at some point that person is right. going to be exposed. 100%. And it's just because there is the projection, right? It's the yep. belief that like, oh, uh, I'm not this person. So if I project to be that person, then everyone, I, I fooled them. Yeah. Right. And it feels like that's actually like the, the bad part of it. Yeah. And I see a lot of that and I try to be cognizant of that as I'm dealing with friends, people close to me who are going through stuff like that because I know that you're a one bad decision away from being Bro, you have a hat on that says bandit. Like you, <laughs> like no one could think that you're perfect. <laughs> Yo, I love this hat. I won't take it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so as you guys are finishing the show, uh, you finally let everybody else know what you've known for a little bit, right? Is uh, is Rachel's gonna be the, uh, the winner. Right. Um, is she happy about that? Like, did she wanna win? Uh, By the way, we're having this conversation. She's in the room, yeah, so Rachel's I'm gonna put you the on the spot. <laughs> Rachel, shout out. Just I'll get some answers for yeah, you. Shout Go out ahead. to Rachel. I, um, I've never done an interview with her right here before, so this would be interesting. Uh, oh, even better. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> um, I think she was excited. You know, I was definitely excited because we've had to. <laughs> I'm just, sorry. I'm just laughing at the fact that you're like, I think she was excited. <laughs> like, because can you feel the heat of her just staring at us? Yeah. Right, I'm, go getting, ahead. I'm getting, I'm getting a burn right we'll, here. We'll, we'll get at that over. Go ahead. <laughs> um, because we, we, there's so much of our relationship that we want to celebrate and share with everybody, and we've had to hide and be in hiding because we don't want to ruin uh, this experience as it's errand for everybody else. So we're again walking on eggshells so that we're not giving things away. But I'm constantly doing bonehead stuff to like give it away like i was listening to one of her playlists on spotify and, and people like, figured it out Dude, people figure out everything wait whoa, 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 hold on right. uh all right so let's look the context the show ends right uh you've picked rachel rachel's the winner um you guys like get released to the wild essentially right. right like back into society right uh and you're told in november uh you said that nobody can see you together until march right okay what happens for four or five months, right? You're so excited, all this stuff. What do you do for five months? Well, a Other lot than of listen to her playlist on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> that's a you know, that's a like the old CDs. Remember, when we were like oh, in middle bro. school, a girl would like write on it and give you the CD. If you really like somebody, you would burn a CD for them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's that, facts. They had a playlist for them. Uh, but I think me and Rachel's relationship was a little bit different because a lot of things happened, you know, like, um, we would, uh, from a standpoint of like what we did together, like we couldn't leave the house. So like you're limited to, we watched a bunch of movies. Uh, we worked our way through Disney plus like Rachel's the biggest Marvel fan there is. So like, she's giving me, uh, like a, a high level graduate education on the history of all these different characters. And I'm trying to catch it's, up. It's basically like bachelor for kids, you know, <laughs> to some degree, right? Like <laughs> different players, got different Pretty skills. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was a lot of fun though. We, 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 we got to do things like that, that, you know, if we had the opportunity to do things outdoors, we probably probably wouldn't have spent as much time doing. And then we there was like rough patches on our relationship. You know, like we uh, we actually uh, broke up for a moment while the show was airing, and then after the show aired um, and the finale happened, um, we found ourselves back. To, well, we're back together now. So. When, when you break up, is that like a uh, what a normal person would think of as a breakup or now that everyone in the world watches, is it like something different? 
like going back to like is like you're still a human right, right. so is she i think and yeah. so like, <laughs> like when you guys like have uh good or bad times like it's the same thing in any relationship that you had before the show right all right uh when you guys get back together is that like a 2 a.m. you up text that like a normal person would send when they're <laughs> drunk? Or is that like a, hey, you know, uh, we saw each other somewhere for an event? Like, how does that happen? Uh, well, I think that's a, it's an interesting question because there was... If you tell me you up text right now, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a you up text. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was honestly um, a commitment that we had made to each other that we were gonna work on the relationship and there became there came a point in time where uh, it was evident that my working on the relationship looked different than Rachel's because um, I wasn't really honoring that um, commitment that I made to working on our relationship. And uh, it was just a come to Jesus meeting that I had with Rachel where she's like, if you're gonna make this work, then like, like let's do it. But if you're not gonna make it, make it work, then like, then I'm gonna let you do your own thing. And um, that's really all I needed. Is that an ultimatum? It was it was it was an ultimatum that I needed because I was yeah, yeah I, it, it was appreciated right. but it was uh yeah. hey, let me put my foot down exactly but right, it's, it's uh fine. my my wife's in the room too she does that all the time <laughs> but like not over like hey the relationship like you better take the trash out or you know yeah no 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 it was it was what I needed <laughs> and it and it's um it's it's been great all right uh best thing about her and most annoying thing about her ooh that is. She, right. She's not listening. Don't worry. <laughs> Put your headphones in. Um, the best. She, she looked real excited when I asked that question. Like, she, like that was exactly what she came for. <laughs> right? Oh, no. That's funny. Um, we got to answer still. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ooh, it's hot in here. Um, no, I would say the best thing about Rachel is is her heart. You know, she's she's the most kind, caring person, understanding I've ever met. You know, everything we've been through, um, everything she's been through, she's stuck right by my side and um, she's continued to have a positive attitude towards everything and um, it's one of the many things I love about her but um, I have a list of things that I don't like about her. <laughs> 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 no, not, not that you don't like, just the most annoying no, thing she no. does. The most annoying thing? Um, that mm. thing, the thing you just thought of right there. What was that thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, the most annoying thing? Oh, I got it. So. Um, oh, that was a good one. Whatever that was, that was a breakthrough moment. So I'm I'm really particular about the laundry. Okay. And in like, what way? And, and like, I don't like to dry my stuff because it fits me a certain way because like I have long pants and shirts that I want to okay. fit. I don't want my shirt. I thought you were going to tell me that you only wear dirty clothes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like, th like I like to air dry a lot of stuff. So okay. like I did my laundry separate from Rachel and then Rachel did her laundry and she puts her laundry in my laundry. Okay, like not a big deal. Um, like in the washer or in the dryer? In the dryer. Uh oh. And um, so like that's violating the air dry because now we're going in the dryer. But but it's not just that. It's that she she continued to dry the clothes for three days. So like now the clothes have been drying for the past week. And I'm like, yo, Rachel, like, are you planning on folding? Same them? clothes. Same clothes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna have to donate my shirts to Stuart Little because none, <laughs> none of my stuff fits anymore. Like, I don't. I'm gonna have to make these pants capris. Like for the longest time, I thought the dryer was just a replacement for the iron, right? Like if you got a wrinkled ass shirt, you just put a little water on it, throw it in the dryer. <laughs> that's how that's how Rachel utilizes it. You know, she'll put it on like fluff mode, and I didn't I didn't even know that was a thing. I just thought you you dry clothes in there, but uh, you know, it's it's uh 
it's not that it's not that deep. But I, I like to give her a hard time about it because uh, if that's the biggest uh, thing that annoys you, then you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. All right, uh, what's the Spotify playlist? What what happened here? <laughs> so I thought it was a private playlist. Okay, but it wasn't. It was a public playlist. All and right. when I think when you're on the computer. If you're on Spotify on the computer, you could see if you're following me on Spotify whose playlist I'm listening to. So I was listening. That's some creepy shit. Bro, you, I mean, a Bachelor Nation's its own yeah, beast, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you've got a decent it's amount like of- like private investigators. Right, right. But like <laughs> another thing, Pomp, is like, like I'll post like parts of a song and like a workout I'm doing or at the beach or eating and people are like, yo, what's your song? So like people are constantly going to your, so got you've got, it, got a decent got amount of people following you on these, these social channels. So it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to be online and be like, oh, what's Matt listening to? Wait, wait, no. You know, it's like, he's listening to Rachel's, like he's giving it away. Uh, and so it's like, by like on accident. You get a call from the producers, they're like, yo, get the hell off Spotify. You know what, <laughs> I get it, you, you start getting DMs. Like, um, like uh, some are nice and some are like, hey, just a heads up, like you should probably get off. So yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. good looks. Like, like appreciate it, you know what it. I mean? and then and then you like you try to double down so you try to find someone else who has a playlist and then you're like yo I'm, I'm also listening to her playlist i'm listening to his playlist it's like wait you try you try you gotta throw people off a little bit but um it, it was it was no secret did you ever think you'd spend your life trying to figure out what playlist to listen to to throw off <laughs> throw off people and this past six months I've, I've spent a lot of time doing things that i never thought i'd end up doing what's so. the craziest thing you guys did to uh hide the fact that you guys were together during those like five six months when uh, you weren't allowed to be seen together um i think the craziest thing would be uh the outfit changes all right what does that mean so like whenever like if, if if Rachel and I were together and we wanted to go to a Trader Joe's or we wanted to go to, um, what's that pasta place that I like in um, California? John and Vinny's. I love John and Vinny's. Their pasta is fire. So like, She knew that real quick. You knew it, bro. <laughs> so I'm like, if we were gonna do something like that, it's like hoodie, hat, glasses, like tied up. So you can only see like the shades and the hat. Matt, how tall are you? I know, bro. I, Dude, I you're not hiding from anybody, <laughs> bro. I I forget how tall I am, and it's like you can't hide six five. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, all right. So that, so you got to change your outfit. What does she change her outfit to? She does. Yeah, she does the outfit swaps. Because does she go to the dryer to get the clothes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where if she keeps uh, your clothes there, right? She, you know what? She she is uh, very clean, and um, every time we're together, it's 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 either constantly cleaning the kitchen because we're making a mess, or it's constantly doing laundry because we're doing activities. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was multiple trips. I, I heard uh, recently. Well, I didn't hear. Uh, my wife sent it to me, which was probably a. Uh, negative thing uh and it was a meme on the internet and it was like uh, i'm moving out of my house there's a woman posting that said i'm moving out of my house at three years my husband just hit me with i liked this place the dish soap was always full <laughs> <laughs> like he's completely oblivious to the fact that it was getting replaced <laughs> right 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 yeah no so, so i feel like there is an element of you know you just gotta kind of be cognizant of what's going on i try to be i try to be um i try my best all right, so outfit changes is literally the craziest thing you guys have ever done. Um, I think that I think the outfit changes, and then like once, like once after the show aired, um, like we were technically together, but like we didn't. We wanted to live our life outside of the the media and mm -hmm. 
cameras and all that stuff. So like, um, <laughs> we went to dinner like in the cut, like deep in Brooklyn. And um, I wanted to get ice cream after the fact. And um, she didn't want to walk around. No, she didn't care. I'm like, uh, I'm like, y'all kind of want to go get ice cream. She's like, all right. She's like, do you want to walk over there? Cause she knows that people are going to see us. I'm like, eh. I'm like, it doesn't bother me. And then we get outside. I'm like, um, you want to put my hoodie on? Like trying to give her like a like a outfit to like disguise. She's like, no, like I'm not putting your hoodie on. Like we're going to doing this. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So like just coming back to grips with the fact that like we don't have to do that stuff anymore is great. Like we don't have to hide being together and doing activities together. It just makes living life together easier. It does, is there like paparazzi and like that type of stuff or is it mostly just like fans? Because um, I, saw, I saw you, listen, you don't know that I saw this, but uh, you were with my boys up in New York with uh, Seth and Ben Kaplan yeah, and all these guys. Oh my guys. And you, and you were, guys were going down the street like, you know, gang, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in scooters. <laughs> I don't know what y'all, you guys were all on different mechanical uh, devices flying uh, down the street. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo, Seth, Ben, Wilton, those guys are out of control. Like I love kicking it with those guys i met them down here in miami ben's the one that i know the best mm -hmm. uh, i don't really know the other guys that well but ben like when he uh i don't know who posted or whatever i saw i was like what are all these dudes Dude, hanging out together doing it's funny because <laughs> ben has uh like people give me a hard time about my means of transportation because i have a one wheel that i love to ride and then i have a super 73 that i'm ripping all over the place um ben is the same way with, with scooters and everyone in our crew had like some sort of like like electronic vehicle that you would use like when you're in like fifth yep. or sixth grade. So it's like, we're like these big humans just like mobbing down Sixth Avenue, like on like one wheels and scooters. <laughs> I literally saw the video and so we put music to it. And it was like, uh, as you guys were going, someone kind of got up ahead into the side, right? Was filming it. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's kind of like the Avengers. <laughs> Bro, I wish, man. No, I wish, I wish it was like Avengers. I, uh, but no, that's, that's how we like, uh, that's one of the things I miss about New York. You know, I'm down here in Miami, but, um, I miss the connectivity that I had up there and being able to bounce from one place to another pretty seamlessly. Everything's like right there. You yeah. Know? What are you gonna do now? Like, what do you wanna do kind of moving forward? You got this massive audience. Everyone knows who you are. Uh, you've got Rachel. Uh, I think that she likes you. That seems like she likes you. Some days. Uh, so, some days, yeah. Well, only when you don't complain about the laundry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what do you wanna do now? Um, I just wanna be a part of meaningful projects, you know? I. Uh, uh, I fell in love with hydroponic farming mm -hmm. over quarantine. Uh, someone, uh, Lettuce Grow, sent us a farm stand, and I'm like, yo, our plants are gonna die. There's no way we can do this ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when the plants that we planted in this farm stand that Tyler and I were like watching and feeding and and um, giving water to sprouted into these massive kale heads and strawberry, to, uh, these baby tomatoes and straw, like I was, I'm like, yo, if we can do this, literally anybody can. So I'm like, how can we get this in these urban areas that we work with in New mm -hmm. York City and across the country? So like, that's something I've been working on is um, the scalability of the hydroponic space. And every time I say hydroponic, people are like, oh, weed. hydroponics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, well, you can grow anything in there. But I'm talking about growing food. So um, <laughs> For now. <laughs> Just kidding, 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 kidding. All right, so you want to do that. Uh, and then crypto. All of a sudden, I saw you start tweeting about Bitcoin and stuff, and then we got introduced. Yep. Uh, where, what, what's so fascinating about that? So I think that the intro to, to crypto was through um, my fascination with the NFT space and how I saw people all across the world were being awarded this opportunity to um, advance not only their professional degree, their professional careers, but um, just economics, like 
-hmm. I could invest in an artist in Uganda. I can invest in an artist in Taiwan who wouldn't have that visibility without this platform, without um, the connectivity and 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 the uh, what everything that everything that you're allowed to utilize through an NFT and the stories that you can tell. And um, through that research, I, I, you know, Bitcoin and all these, they've always been buzzwords and I didn't really know a lot about it. And um, when I tweeted something about NFT and one of my buddies reached out to me, John Marbach, and he's like, if uh, it was like, it was like, it was like Morpheus reaching out to Nia. <laughs> he's like, he's like, if you want to learn more, like meet me in my apartment at eight o'clock. I was like, oh shit. Like I'm, be, I'm, 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 I'm in. Like I'm getting invited. In. So he invites me to his apartment, pomp. And I'm, the secret society has bro, accepted you. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like I get there, um, and John's like one of the smart, like one of the smarter people I know. Went to college together. Um, has a place in New York. Get to his apartment, and he just starts unloading about how, like, what his involvement in the space is, and um, the different opportunities that are there. And I'm coming at him hard with these, these just like the opposition. Like, well, what about this? What about that? And he's just like. If you read this, if you read that, he had a he had an uh, answer for every question I had, and then I did my own research. Shout was, out, John. Yeah, John was bro. That's the thing I like about the crypto community, though. It's like people want to educate you on, and like not with misinformation, but just like they want you to understand where they're coming from, mm -hmm. and they uh, not only understand but offer any advice. And I can't say that for other investment vehicles financial institutions that i've participated in, in the past that people are so willing to give information the other ones don't want you to exactly. know right? that's exactly. how they make money <laughs> exactly that's how they make money so it's like uh it, and, and just from an economic standpoint like someone who studied economics it just made sense mm -hmm. there's a fixed supply the demand's going to go up so the price has to follow and you know we're in a volatile time right now there's probably going to be more but like the fundamentals of why I invested haven't changed mm -hmm. and what I'm using it as hasn't changed. And uh, as long as those things continu continue to stay finite, then I'm gonna continue to put money into it, so. I think it's smart, you got laser eyes on Twitter now. I too, got laser right? eyes. All right, when, when you did that, what did Bachelor Nation say about laser eyes? They were like, yo, yo Matt's lost it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's funny because like, that was like, like there's no, there is literally nothing that is similar from like driving a Porsche, looking fly, going to meet 20 girls that are competing for you and then putting laser eyes and being like, buy the dip. <laughs> like those two worlds are completely different. Pump, I'm like, and, and mind you at this time, like the, the, the mat that people came to know on the show, like clean shaven, like I have, I've, I haven't shaved since the show. You look like Nipsey Hussle a little bit. I, feel, I appreciate that. Right? Like that's very good. Nipsey. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I get that a decent amount. Really? Yeah. I get that oh, a decent I amount. I feel like I'm smart then. I just need the, I need the cornrows. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but so like, like the pictures that are come, like they're not hearing from me because I'm not on the show anymore, but like there's like Matt Spot. It's like a Yeti. It's like, there's like dude has a beard and he's like leaving Walmart. It's like, but who is this guy? And then, um, and then so then when you leave, I'm gonna take a picture and be like, I spotted Matt. Exactly. <laughs> Brickle Miami. Like, Who with is some this? girl. I'm gonna make sure Rachel's face isn't in it. <laughs> oh God, here we go. The media storm around that. <laughs> but um, so they're seeing that. And then like the next thing I post is like, like a picture of me in a tuxedo with laser eyes. So like, all right, this guy's literally lost his mind. Like, like is he, is he possessed by a demon? Like, what does this even yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but it's cool because it starts a conversation. It's like, yeah. you know, like, to the, my laser focus to the moon. Oh, what's that? So it just, it sparks conversation that I mm -hmm. wanna have around something that I'm interested in and I'm inviting um, pushback on so that I can um, further validify or solidify uh, why I feel, I have these strong convictions about 
um, this investment and uh, just the community in general. So. so the most interesting thing to me is as you kind of uh, evolve your interest, you learn more about crypto, you learn more about hydroponics, whatever, the audience that you have is literally 180 degree difference than mine. Right. Mine is like, if you look on like YouTube, it's like 95% male. Right? <laughs> Polina one time saw that and she was like, oh, we gotta get some more females in right, this audience. Right. I was like, listen, it's just the like the type of the content really attracts a certain type of person. Right. Uh, but you have like 90, 95% women right. because of the show and all this stuff. Exactly. And so do you feel like uh, there's an opportunity to kind of expose uh, a different audience to different ideas, right? Regardless of what the ideas are, what the exact audience is, it feels almost like your interests are uh, very different than what they normally would kind of consume, right? They, I'm assuming most of your audience doesn't have laser eyes. Right. Almost 100% <laughs> of my audience has laser <laughs> eyes, right? Exactly. So it's just like such a different uh, kind of, you know, circle of people that you're really introducing a lot of these new ideas to. Yeah, I think that, I think that when you're in a position of influence that you have a responsibility. And um, I'm, I'm not the chair of the Fed, I'm not in controlling. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a job that no one can win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I have very little say on, on anything outside of my own opinions. And when I find something that I think is gonna be um, something that's gonna be here for a while, uh, and something that I want to pass on to the students and the families of the students that I work with, then I think that it's a responsibility to at least make people aware of um, tools that are out there that mm -hmm. they could change the trajectory of their life. And, and especially with cryptocurrency, I think that we've seen um, historically uh, communities that have been marginalized and discriminated against um, can't get loans, they can't buy houses, they can't mm -hmm. buy cars. And like those barriers to entry don't exist the way they do with traditional financial institutions the way they do with crypto and that was something that was intriguing to me because if the families that i work with and the kids that we work with have access to these tools now and something that i only think is going to gain momentum um public um onboarding and institutional onboarding going forward then like it would be an honor for me to be the person that bridges the gap between them yeah. and then replicate that uh for women who are following me you know there's no reason why they shouldn't be um a part of this conversation as well it's it's conversations that rachel and i have on a regular basis you know she's constantly challenging my um thoughts and views on um being a bitcoin maximalist and all other things crypto so that rachel <laughs> no shit coins all right <laughs> <laughs> and i like it because it helps me come to a better conclusion of of why like w what my truths are rooted in and it helps her understand like oh like that makes sense because everything you're saying should make sense like it's not a secret there's no like theorem or it's the intellectual almost like combat or battle of ideas right where you come in you're like hey i got this idea she asks you questions you're almost in some way educating but at the same time you're getting a gut check on yo do i actually know what i'm talking about exactly. do i really believe this exactly yeah uh Plina thinks that satoshi's a female that is a popular take and i i think that i don't think that she's wrong on that really i've heard that before and i why I, do you think that and i'll tell you why she thinks it I think it because of the rationale that, that went into the protocol, and I don't think it's something that would have been, I think that I think that men are more greedy, and I think that there would have been some sort of way to maybe um, hoard the potential. I don't know, I just think that it's too fluid of a system for it to be created by one of us. So Planet thinks it could be a female because uh, men are too egotistical. 
Right. See? Like yeah, somebody exactly. would be out there be like, yo, I made that shit. That's, That's me. Fact. Yes, sir. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's so true. <laughs> but but she's like, no, actually, it, it takes a special type of person, right? Which uh, from a probability standpoint is more likely a woman than a man. I don't know who it is. I don't want to know. But yeah. uh, I think it's interesting to think through like you, everyone does assume. Um, the other thing that I learned recently is there's only one time ever Satoshi uh, revealed gender. Mm-hmm. Uh he was signing up for something. I use him because uh, when he signed up, I forget what it was, uh, it asked for birthday and it asked for gender mm-hmm. and selected male. Now, could have been throwing could it off, off, right? Gotcha. So like, you don't know. Right. But like that's the only time ever that there was gender involved in a way that uh, Satoshi you know, kind of um, said anything about there. What was the themselves. birthday? Uh, I forget exact birthday, but it put him in there like I think mid to late forties in okay. two thousand ten. So like mid to late fifties today. Interesting. All right. So like uh, could be, could, could be. be. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think I want to know. No, no, no. I, I definitely don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, th- there's an element of um, if you don't know, nobody can say, uh, oh, that's far right or far left or that's a man, that's a woman, that's a white person, a black person, a green person, that's a American, uh, you know, somebody from another country. Uh, oh, that's a Christian, that's a Muslim, right, that's a right. It's just nothing. So, so what that would you entire say to conversation Ethereum, then, like knowing that it, the well, protocol? Yeah, I, I think that it's just it, it's not bad if people knew. Yeah. All it does is it just removes one other thing gotcha. that people could attack. Right? There's plenty of people who are like, "Oh, I don't like Vitalik." Right. I, I don't think Vitalik's done anything that's like right. worth attacking or, right, or being right. mad at him or not liking him or anything like that. But it's just like because they know who Vitalik is, he tweets something. Everyone freaks out. Right. right? Half the people are like, yes, he's, you know, he's the king. Right, right, right. Half right. people are like, he's an idiot. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, all right, like, whatever. So, like, that just adds another level of complexity. So, it's not so much like you solve a problem as right. much as, uh, or that it necessarily matters, as much as just it's one less thing for people to attack. And so, if everyone's yelling and screaming about Bitcoin, and, oh, by the way, the creator of the protocol does something, it just is another kind of attack vector. Right. Well. Um, when you think about... Uh, the last year of your life, mm. what are the two things that you're like, I cannot believe this happened? Like maybe one positive surprise and one negative surprise. Um, I would say they're probably both related to my experience on The Bachelor. And I would say that the first positive is- <laughs> You're talking about it like my experience on The Bachelor, like it was <laughs> I, like a- <laughs> Bro, I don't know how to like- Yeah, like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I don't know how to refer to it because it's like, like it's like the process or like the yeah, experience. Yeah. And like, I don't like saying it's a show. And then like, I don't like saying contestants because then it like takes away like the Feels real- Feels clinical. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was real. It's like, oh, I was on like, I, when I think of show, I think of like freaking Nickelodeon, like getting slimed. Like, I don't think of like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that comparison to ever be drawn with <laughs> yeah, a relationship. Yeah. Jeopardy, made. stand right up. Right, exactly. <laughs> so like, the price is right, right? They, yeah. <laughs> I used to watch that all the time as a kid. Exactly. So. Yeah, so the process. Um, going through that for me is like, I can't believe that I was able to, you know, I went into it with an open mind and I, I'm, I'm shocked that I was able to find someone like Rachel that like can put up with me, has the type of heart that she does and was able to form that connection as a skeptic before the show that you could find someone like that on a TV show. And so like that was incredible and that was a great takeaway from the whole experience for me. And then the second thing would be um, just where we're at as a country and um, the type of um, things that we need to do and grow uh, and having the conversations that we need to be had, not only around race, but diversity, inclusion, uh, 
you would think that we would be further along. Um, but it gives me hope that we're having those conversations now. So those are two things that um, I never would have thought would be yeah. the byproduct of this experience for me. All right, before we get into rapid fire questions to answer, Rachel, do you know how lucky you are to have this guy? <laughs> this guy is amazing. <laughs> I just wanted to be known right now that I said that. So it's on record. You are so lucky to have this guy. All right, so we can keep going. You're good so friend. listen. <laughs> Just give me twenty dollars later. Um, all right. So, <laughs> what what is the most important book you've ever read? Oh man, the most important book, hands down, is the Bible. I read the Bible. Uh, I try to read it every day, but that's like kind of what grounds. That's what grounds me. So okay. Uh, second comes from our friends that hate sleep. Uh, I used to sleep like five six hours. I was real bad. Right. Uh, my lovely wife said, "Hey, sleep is important." I uh, mean, because she didn't want me to keep waking her up and all this stuff. I see Rachel pumping oh, her arms bro. over here. All right. So I got to eat sleep now, right? And I like this thing so much that I invested in the company because it's a bed that they make super cold on, uh, you can make it cold or hot. Shut up. I make it freezing cold, I sleep like a baby eight, nine hours, it's amazing. Uh, and it's got sensors in it that can tell you, you know, uh, how deep was your sleep, how many times did you toss and turn, whatever, like it tracks all stuff. Only downside is when you first get it out of the box, this is a fun tip for everybody. <laughs> It also has like an, a vibration alarm in it. So it, said, it asked you when you're setting up the app, it's like, you know, what time you wanna wake up? At eight o'clock, first night go to sleep in it. That thing woke up, I, I swear I thought it was an earthquake. I was like, Ugh. Listen, what the fuck is that? That's the only downside, but I love oh this thing. Gosh. So what is your sleep schedule? And based on Rachel's reaction, it must not be very good. Bro, I could tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if you had asked what Rachel's biggest problem with our relationship right now is, is is my sleep cycle all right how many hours do you sleep so i typically sleep five hours like okay like six max but like which i used to think was normal right so like and 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 i and to get to that point like i don't like to wake like if i had to wake up at 5 a.m i'm not going to set an alarm for 5 a.m i'm going to set an alarm for 2 a.m because when my alarm goes off at 2 i'm like oh thank god i have three hours left and then I'm gonna set alarm for 2.15 because I'm gonna look at it 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, I have two hours and 45 minutes left. So I set like 10 alarms and whole time I'm Rachel, I'm, I'm at more, probably 20 and I'm waking up, oh, cause I hit snooze. Yeah, and so yeah, Rachel's just like having to deal with this. But when I'm with Rachel, she, um, she likes to sleep, she likes the room to be like a bomb shelter. Like the, the, the curtains have to be all the way down. There can't be any light coming into the room. The, f the phone faces are down. So like I could wake up if I, if my, and she'll, she'll she turn my alarms off. She had, she had me set one alarm. And so when that goes off, I'm That's obviously blasphemous. not going to get on. I'm yeah. not going to get up off that. So I wake up, I went to bed at 11 PM. It's three in the afternoon <laughs> because I didn't have an alarm. Like there's no concept of time. It's completely dark. And I look at the phone and I'm breathing hard. I'm like, yo, it's, I've, I've been asleep for 11 hours. She's torturing you. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I love this that she doesn't have a microphone so she can't say anything. <laughs> All right, so what? So you still only sleep five, six hours or she's got you Well, it now? depends. So like like when I, Monday through Friday, like I try to get like five or six hours, but on the weekends, like sleeping. I'll sleep in a little bit. All right, last question, and you could ask me one to finish, is okay. aliens, are you a believer or a non-believer? Bro, I am a, I am a believer. I think that there's, Why? because, um, I think that there's, well, a, a bunch of reasons, but I think that there's too much smoke to not be fire. Like, like, like 
I don't know necessarily what they look like, like if they look like ET or if they look like a transformer, but like there's too much going on for there not to be some sort of like. Did you see uh, the cephalopod test? No, I didn't see that. Oh man, I haven't talked about this on a podcast in a long time. Let's so cephalopod, I don't even know. If you show me 10 things, I couldn't tell you what a cephalopod looks like, but it's something <laughs> in the ocean. And they gave it an intelligence test designed for like four year olds or something and it passed. You're lying. I swear. And I, by the way, I don't know what's in the intelligence test. I don't want to know. Uh, I don't know how you administer an intelligence test to a fish or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to know that either. But all I know is that I've read multiple reports that it passed the intelligence test. Okay. And so uh, when I think of alien, I always think of like out in space, right? right. But there is shit in the ocean that scares the hell out of me. Hey, me too. Yeah. Rachel's afraid of sharks. Sharks? Yeah. yeah. Sharks. You, are, you think sharks or octopus are scarier? Like the octopus feels like it could fuck you up pretty bad. So, so you know what? You know what? That's actually hilarious. You say that because what's that documentary? My octopus teacher. There's uh, a documentary called My Octopus Teacher, and like, and and now like we can't eat octopus. If you eat octopus, and you're canceled. Uh, so I I have to watch the documentary. I might feel the same way. So I can't even speak. To you that haven't yet. even watched I haven't it yet. Even watched okay, it yet. Right, but like right, apparently, right. Uh, you. Yeah, octopus you can't teacher, you got to watch it. All right. um, can you eat sharks, though, if we don't like them? Yo, sharks are endangered. Yeah, you can't endangered? eat sharks either. Oh, ha- have you ever seen the uh, the viral video of the woman uh, who's in her car? And I don't know if she's driving or just sitting there. And she's like, I've been telling y'all, y'all want to go to the beach? No problem. Go to the beach. But don't go in the shark's house because if the shark comes in my house, I'm eating it. So if you go in the shark's house, the shark's going to eat you. Wow. And it's all, It's like a two-minute video. This shit you know is what? hysterical. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah, don't go in the shark's house. Respect I, the sea. You know what's crazy, <laughs> Pomp? When I was in Jupiter, there was a... Uh, I was living in Jupiter over quarantine. Mm-hmm. There was the biggest tiger shark I've ever seen in my entire life on video. Uh, there's this guy, he's just paddleboarding, uh, maybe nah. 50 feet offshore, maybe 50, 60 feet offshore. This dude's paddleboarding and he, and he puts his GoPro under the water. I, prom- I, I don't, maybe 15, what did he do, D? 15, 20 foot long tiger shark that has a, a whole hammerhead shark in his mouth, ripping it up. And this is underneath his paddleboard, bro. Like he's just paddleboarding. There's people playing on the beach, and like, yo, I'm gonna send you the video. Video is crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go in the shark's house. I don't go to the shark's house. <laughs> so I get, I get why people would be. Yeah, I'm good. Like on I that. like to look at it. It's nice, you know. Go, there's a breeze, but exactly. eh, going inside, I'm good. Yeah, yeah no, just, just going to pool. <laughs> All right, what question do you have for me to finish up? Um, if you could tell yourself, your 20 year old self, one thing. Looking back on your whole life experience, what would you tell yourself? Two things. No fucking fear and go bigger. Everything that you do in life uh, takes the same amount of effort regardless of the output, right? Like if you want to accomplish something, you have to work hard at it. Right. But if you work hard at accomplishing a small thing, then you get a small reward. But if you work hard at accomplishing a big thing, you get the big reward. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, think of like sports, right? You have to play just as hard in the first game of the season as the championship game, right? If you want to win, right? But obviously, the championship game is way more important, right? Right? From just a pure like the the payoff of it, right? So, if you want to actually accomplish things in the world and you're going to do the work anyways, like go after big things, right? Because the asymmetry is so much better. And I think just like when you're younger, it's almost like uh, uh, in baseball, like batting average, like like you want to hit bat a thousand. Right. Every time I do something, I want to be successful. Right. But as you get older, I think you realize like slugging percentage is more important. Right. I don't need to get a hit every time, but right. when I get a hit, it's a home run. Right, right. right. I like that. <laughs> and so, like, that's a, a framework that I think is just it's really, really hard when you're younger. And then as you get older and you realize that, you're like, damn, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Right. And, like, you go and you look at all these super successful people, right? Like, uh, take Masayoshi's son uh, from SoftBank. Right. 
he's been the richest person in the world twice. Right. He ain't the richest person anymore. Right. right? And right. one time he literally was the richest person in the world and lost 99% of his wealth and then came back. Right. Like, how do you do that? Like, you just, you always take big swings. Right. right? And so, like, yeah, cool. He probably didn't enjoy the 99% right, drawdown. Right. Right. But just he was taking big swings. Right. right. Mike Novogratz from uh, Galaxy Digital. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's going to kill me if I get this wrong. Uh, I think he's been a billionaire three different times. Billionaire, not a billionaire, billionaire, not a billionaire, billionaire now again. Yeah. And he's now, I think, wealthier than he's ever been. And so it's just like, you just see enough of the data points. You're like, all right, just go big. Yeah. All right, where can we send people to find you on the internet? Oh man, uh, ABC Food Tours, that's uh, our, our nonprofit that we work with the students uh, and we've, we've got our sustainability uh, model going. And then- abcfoodtours.com? Uh, abcfoodtours.org. Dot and org. On, on any social and then me personally, Matt James 919. All right, and then uh, obviously if we go to Rachel's uh, Spotify playlist, we'll see you there as well. <laughs> Yeah, anything on Rachel's socials as well because I'm going to be scouring it, uh, especially the social, uh, Spotify, because she has better music than I do. So, All right. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Appreciate you, bro.